0: Hey there, Unicorns. Danny here. Quick message before we start. We're rapidly coming up to our one-year anniversary of this podcast, and we would like to hear from you. So you can send us an email or send us a message on social media, or you can leave us a voicemail at 505 585 We'd love to hear your questions, your comments, any stories you have about your own biracial unicorn experience or questions you might have for biracial unicorns in your lives, and we will respond to them on our anniversary episode. You can also catch a live recording of that episode on Instagram Live. And we'll be posting some more details about that on our Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. Thanks. And here's the show. I'm Danny, And I'm Danika. And we are Biracial Unicorns.
1: The mini special-sode.
0: Yeah, it's not quite a mini-sode, right? We're anticipating being longer (laughs) than a mini-sode?
1: Watch, this is the one we struggle being like, oh,
0: I don't know where to go with this. It's like a five-minute episode. Yeah. (laughs) Longer than a (laughs) mini-sode.
1: You're welcome, world.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, we're both super into Halloween, as you may have gathered at some Mm -hmm. point.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Yeah. So we decided in lieu of a, a mini-sode, we're going to do kind of a, a bonus, a bonus-sode, bonus episode.
1: I like the bonus-sode. Can we trademark that?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> I bet I bet other people have used
0: bonus-sode before.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It actually kind of sounds like a drug that you take to help yeah. with your... You Calcium. go to an EDM show, take your bonus ode. <laughs> Honey, have you taken your bonus ode? <laughs> There's no shame. <laughs> but <laughs> very mature. But we are so excited. I think it's something that's probably very near and dear to our hearts, inspired by our last Minisode. So if you haven't listened to that one, you should go do that. Mm. Then you can be in the mood for this one. Right. Just make a playlist of all of our October minisodes, because
0: it's all spooky-themed.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're so I'm really proud of us. Like, we normally don't do a theme. They're all a bit random and sporadic, but this one is actually a really good cluster. We're growing as people. Yeah, so what are we talking about today, Mika? We are talking about one of our favorite Latin American folklore stories, La Leona. This is, or aka The Weeping Woman, not the movie. That just came out, or I guess it's been out for a while now, hasn't it? Um, I think it came out in the spring. Maybe it came out in the
0: spring. You can tell. Maybe how the much summer I
1: attention to movies. Well, I mean, you're not
0: in this country right now, so
1: <laughs> let me tell you, I don't think it made it over here. <laughs> yes, so we're talking about La Llorona. It's. Um, when did you first hear? this story well
0: because i'm chicana i emerged from the womb knowing
1: this story <laughs> i no, feel like i it probably <laughs> told you at your baptism <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't get too comfortable in this water kid You're right
1: the ditch witch
0: <laughs> It is a story that that i've just feel like i've always known my mom Definitely told me when I was very young. So it's just always been like, like there. And actually mentioned on the show before, like, though I say New Mexico's my home, like and New Mexico is where my family's all from. Mm-hmm. I wasn't born in New Mexico. So I moved to New Mexico when I was 10, but before, well, nine, almost 10. But before, before then I lived in a place where like no one else had heard this story that I, I knew in Las Vegas, Nevada. So I thought it was like a, like a family, like, a, well, one, I thought it was real, but I thought it was something that only my family knew. And it wasn't until I moved to Albuquerque that I realized there's like a huge, huge sharing of this story all throughout the Southwest and in Mexico. How about you? When did you first hear it? Do you remember?
1: Um Yeah, kind of the same thing. I'm not born in new mexico but very much been there a good chunk of my life and feel really at, really at home that's where i call home i actually remember being in elementary school and we actually had a storyteller named joe hayes come and he's a very pretty famous storyteller he is nationally or just around these parts I feel nationally because I believe he did quite a lot of traveling. He's done a lot of work for within the community as well. And it's so funny growing up. I thought he was like a mixed guy, but no, he's a white guy with an Mm. amazing, like, but he has such a passion. I guess, I think he grew up in Arizona, I Mm. believe, but I remember distinctively Realizing that this guy had an amazing talent and he told us the story of the, of the weeping woman. Of course, like I, I'm looking back at it now. I'm like, we were definitely eight. And I even remember like begging my mom because he had illustrated storybooks of it as well and it just being so beautiful. And like, I can still remember the cover of this beautiful dark haired woman like weeping onto it. And, um, yeah, that was the first time I heard it and I thought, Oh, just everybody knows it. And then as I've gone and traveled in my life and of course I'm like during this time and you know, I'll sit down and like tell the story or I'm like oh, I'll be careful you know lady she might come get you and it's not really it's kind of like that whole feeling we have when we leave our home and we think oh this is a normal thing and then you realize maybe not everybody knows about that you, you didn't you know what I mean it, it's like that that kind of weird complexity of like oh wow that does kind of it bind me to home it was so much very much a part of just like just growing up and something that really kind of unified us oddly as something as dark as this story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I feel like we should tell the story then for mm-hmm. listeners who might not know it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it is definitely one of my favorite stories. But as we were talking about before off air, there are actually many different versions of it. But the basis, I believe, of all of them is that it normally will take place, I believe, someplace in the Southwest. And I always say someplace in Mexico, where it's a beautiful woman who is supposed to be the most beautiful woman for like miles and miles around. And she was very aware of her beauty, just absolutely stunning. And the thing is, she also demanded to have the best in life. You know, they never say exactly the time, but you also know it's a very olden time. You know what I mean? A very throwback, deep Western-y kind of feel to it when everyone ever talks about it. And she's supposed to have this gorgeous dark hair and this, you know, deep brown eyes. Like you already just kind of get this vibe of this woman that has like a presence and knows it. Very kind of demanding and determined kind of woman. The thing is, I guess she, in the version I heard, there is a very popular and well-renowned, like, he's kind of in the military, kind of a fighter kind of guy. And he comes, and he's just the most handsome man that she has ever seen. Absolutely stunning. And he's fairly wealthy, has an amazing reputation. And it's one of those moments where it's like, she is the most beautiful. He is the most handsome. And, well, obviously, they must be together. They get married. And, you know, for a little while, it's this beautiful romance and it's quite amazing. And he lavishes gifts upon her and is very doting on her. And then kind of after a while, he realizes that her beauty is actually indeed just just outer. She is kind of a demanding woman. He starts spending less and less time at home. He has to go further and further away for business. And then after more time, they have children. I'm a boy and a girl and he loves his children. He, the the sun and the moon rises upon his children and he starts giving them gifts. He starts giving them all the attention and just starts really, um, uh, really shifting his focus towards the kids whenever he's back, even though he's gone quite a bit. It goes on for years, and the woman starts feeling her beauty to fade as she starts to get more mature and ages and becomes a bit bitter towards the children. And uh, finally gets to the point where her husband had been gone for the longest he's ever been and comes home and doesn't really acknowledge her. That evening when they're all gone, She or they have uh, gone to bed, she takes the children and takes them down, down. To, this, to the river, to the water that runs right in through her town. And she's so angry and she takes them down to like a little cliff area and so incredibly jealous that she takes her children, throws them into this, this ravine kind of thing and drowns her children in her absolute jealous rage of them. It's not really until the morning where she realized what she had done and told the husband what she had done and he is so angry with her and frustrated he kind of casts her off to the side and the whole town turns against her and they try to find the children and they never do and she gets so upset and so distraught of what she done that she also takes herself to the same place and kills herself and then so it says that afterward that She's always seen in this, like, long, flowing white gown, always looking for her children along the same kind of riverbank area, weeping and crying and searching for her children. Now, they are saying that, telling this story, that they have used not only just, you know, during the the holiday... Halloween season as something kind of ghostly, but also kind of like uh, you need to stay away and be cautious of like water areas or the witch will come get you. That's what they would always kind of say or children who would misbehave that Laleona would, you know, mistake you for her child and come snatch you and bring you back down to her, you know, to kind of have repentance to try to make up for what she has done. And so it was a two for one, both a, like a ghost story and also um, something to try to keep your kids in line. <laughs> cautionary tale mm, yes there we go
0: yeah my version's a little different and i'll try i'll try to be be brief if i can so the version i always heard was that there was a young woman maria who was very beautiful and she fell in love with this this man this wealthy man and so the implication also has been that she was probably mixed, like Chicana, indigenous and Spanish, and the man was Spanish, so a white guy. So they, they fell in love and they had two beautiful children and things seemed great until the husband started stepping out on her. So ah. he, he met some other women and was kind of a playboy, which was also kind of expected because he was very handsome and like whatever. But Maria, who was not used to that and did not accept that, grew more and more angry and jealous. And so as a way to lash out against her husband, she one night took her children, knowing how much he loved their children, she took their children to the river and drowned them one by one, one at a time. Then after she drowned them, she realized she didn't know why she did that. She was like so taken over by this jealousy and acted completely like out of her mind. So she killed herself at the river. And so when she went to go to heaven, she was not allowed into heaven because she had committed this infanticide and suicide like the two two most terrible things you could do and so she was like sentenced to just wander the earth for the rest of the days and so she couldn't be found anywhere with water and she cries because she's so upset about what she did to her children and her cries of like <laughs> oh my children are everywhere and if you hear that you need to get out because mm-hmm. if if she comes and she finds you she will think you're one of her children and she will reenact killing her child so she will drown you in the river and so she can be found mostly at dusk is what I was always told. So it's like, when you hear that, I mis hijos, you know, it's time to go in because Uh it's, it's getting to be dark and you don't want to (laughs) be drowned by La Llorona. But yeah, she's like, wears all white and she has a veil.
1: Mm -hmm. And she's
0: just like crying. And so that's that's the story I grew up hearing the version I grew up hearing. And my mother had her own story like that. That's the story. But my mother saw La Llorona when she was a kid in the South Valley of Albuquerque. Yeah. Her and her brother where I
1: would hang (laughs) out. Like, honestly,
0: well, that's where they lived. It wasn't like she was hanging out in the South Valley. <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, no. Like if I was a ghost, that's where I would oh. be. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So her and her, her, my uncle, they're less than a year apart in age. They were like, you know, hanging out in the, like near the acequias and near the river in the South Valley. And, and they saw her one afternoon. It was in the afternoon. And oh, they dang. saw her and they heard her and they like ran home (laughs) and it's like it's like a thing like i haven't heard the detailed story because my mom is like it is too scary (laughs) she doesn't she doesn't even (laughs) want to talk about it just to Um, instantly pray
1: afterwards she's just like i can't even (laughs) (laughs) yeah Well, you know, it's just one of those things of just I think storytelling in the Southwest is something that is incredibly powerful and important and something that I think probably really even got me into theater and plays to even begin with before even mm. doing any of my own because it is so not just engaging, but also educational, even though it sounds very like whimsical. That's just a the beautiful and heartbreaking ghost story. Yeah. Um, it's something I really cherish. And it is indeed an art, isn't it?
0: It is. Yeah. Storytelling is, is like you said, a huge part of, of the Southwest and draws lineage to different cultures. And just throughout the world, the importance of storytelling is what has led to film and book and, and television and plays and all these things or just because of this human desire to tell stories. And I think like this folklore and cautionary tales are so important to cultures. I love the stories of La Llorona and I love all the different versions. And I've also heard a version that involved like La Llorona being, I don't know, some sort of an indigenous woman, like a, a historical woman, like an actual person. Mm. But she was She worked for Cortez. She was like his interpreter and was his mistress and bore him children. And some say that she was like betrayed by the conquistadors, even though she was working with them. And. Cortez was with her and then he ended up marrying this like Spanish lady and it drove her to to killing their children. But I don't know if that's a true story or if that's like a mashup of La Llorona <laughs> and a real story. And really like I don't know. It, it's also I know there's also ties to Weeping female ghosts are pretty common in yeah. in so many folklores, like mm-hmm. throughout Europe, throughout Indigenous America, actually, even in Japan. There's there's stories of this, and so I I wrote this play and directed this play while I was in graduate school. That was called Yoruno Ona, which sounds a lot like La Yorona, mm. um, but it's Japanese <laughs> for <laughs> Woman of the evening, which sounds different in English than it does yeah. in Japanese. But but the idea is it was like a mashup, mashup of these these stories of La Yorona and these like vengeful betrayed women stories, demon stories in Japanese folklore. So like I, I don't know, I find it very fascinating. And I also maybe it's just growing up hearing La Yorona, I'm like so drawn in to cautionary tales.
1: (laughs) Well, I think that what it's, it's not even, I love that there's so many different versions, but what I actually find to be very fascinating, what they have in common um, in the different versions I have heard of this story, they have these key points of like making sure that you know that she's beautiful. Mm. Like that, like this wouldn't happen to an ugly girl. (laughs) Like, which I've also really enjoyed that they said that this woman who is normally indigenous to be beautiful. And I always thought, even at a young age, that they made sure to let you know that this woman was beautiful. And it was like a two layered thing of they have to tell her she's beautiful because normally we weren't quite sure to say, oh, this woman is Latin either. You know, indigenous or Latin, she is indeed beautiful because you might not Mm. be aware that that too is also a standard of beauty. It was always two children. It was always in this rural area. Does that make sense? It started off with yeah. like with jealousy. It's like, be careful, beautiful women. Be careful of your jealousy. It's just these, these threads that all seem to kind of be in common and having these peaks of high, high reigns of emotion of what is the worst thing that a woman can do. And that, and that is to hurt her children. And you know what I mean? Or hurt the ones that she said that she loves or to be betrayed by the person that she loves. Cause I have heard a version where she, was the mistress and her kind of like lowering her standards even though she's supposed to be this very like affluent beautiful woman mm. and that is you know kind of what draws her away is learning that she's been the other woman this whole time but it, it is so interesting what stays the same like who are you telling this story to who are you cautioning to like damn is that a common thing is that a thing that was going on
0: right yeah i think you're right that there are those layers of that that cautionary like it's not just only keeping children from going outside at night
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, there
0: there is a sense of it's cautionary for for women as well i hadn't i had never really considered it that way but Mm. i find that I find that interesting.
1: Well, I just thought it was like I said. There's just like a couple of things that always maintain to be true, and I'm like, huh. And you're completely right with ghost stories about kind of like scorned women. I think that's funny that that's the scariest thing that a lot of people can possibly think of. But dude, like a scorned woman is scary. (laughs) (laughs) If you think it, like if you think it's so funny, horror movies, murderous men, ghost stories, weeping women. I'm like. I'm kind of, yeah. you know, it's a very interesting kind of, you know, piling that we have going on over here.
0: I find it interesting, too. You always see the translation as weeping woman, mm-hmm. which is a good translation. But, like, llorona is from llorar, which is a verb, right, in Spanish mm-hmm. that's, like, to cry, to mourn, to any anything that involves, like, tears coming out of your eyes. Like, your eyes watering is uh-huh. also so I don't know weeping I don't know like mourning I think it's because that's what she's doing like I don't mm. know
1: I think there's something like the strength of actual tears coming down though because there's mm. the mourning which is like that forlorn kind of ache but there's something I think physically seeing a woman like not cry because uh, some right. people say oh crying woman I don't even think that's as strong as like when you think of something weeping it's just this Overabundant wave sorrow that kind of come like it's one of the things of like crying feels something you can stop weeping does not feel like something that you can stop.
0: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I find language so fascinating and and just that like you also would use llorar for whining, <laughs> like if you're <laughs> whining with <laughs> tears in your eyes, that's. <laughs>
1: That just took the story to, like, a whole other level. Ah, I drowned my kids. I'm so sad. Yeah. It <laughs> just took a very morbid turn. <laughs> I can't get into heaven. <laughs> Worst day ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, those poor children didn't deserve that. No. Um, I don't know. I-, I guess in my mind, it never kept me from being in the water. Mm. But I, but it definitely, like, being out after dark, that not so much water, but darkness definitely kind of, that definitely worked on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: definitely. Yeah, I, I guess it's both. I mean, the rivers and the uh, sequias and the ditches and are not really safe places to be in the desert when rain can fall very quickly and very strongly and just wash mm. you away. So yes. I guess that makes sense.
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because some people might not realize of like why we keep saying like the ororios and, and the ditches and rivers like they're very shallow and or empty in the desert and people will play in those areas and kick it, hang, do whatever. But Danny's completely right. Out of nowhere, they can just fill up quite violently and it is incredibly dangerous. And it's just that's just the desert. We are a place of extremes. And it is quite quite dangerous. And so um I guess I, I would also make up a tale as well to get children out of there.
0: Yeah. So we mentioned the movie
1: mm-hmm. The Curse
0: of La Llorona, which came out earlier this year. And I think I think you're right though, it wasn't the spring. I think it was the summer. But I feel like La Llorona has been in a lot of of things. Back when I wrote that play, everyone in Hawaii was like, What is this story? <laughs> and I'm like, You know, oh. La Llorona. Yeah. <laughs> and and then later that year, on some supernatural TV show, they had La Llorona in it. So I think there's been a lot more kind of pushing into the national zeitgeist of this story. And I, I have such mixed feelings about it because I think, one, it's such an important part of my childhood and my culture, I feel like. So, like, I think that that's like I think part of it, I think, is great because, you know, we're always talking about how we want to see representation of ourselves in mm-hmm. larger contexts. So it's not just white America, right, that's considered American. So I love that. But also, I feel like I don't like the way that she's portrayed, <laughs>
1: thing. Yes, so like it, I agree.
0: Yeah, it feels like not right, and and I think in the case of this movie in particular, like why couldn't they have gotten you know some Chicano writers to write the script? Like I don't, I'm not interested in white people telling my stories for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and and I think that a, a lot of people kind of had that same feeling. I have not seen it, but I think that's also been kind of the review and feeling of it as well because i would have loved to see it be one of those movies that are in english and spanish having like an ebbed and flow in and out of it Mm. i would something like that this would have been a very amazing opportunity to have something like that to have a little bit more folklore to it do you know what i mean Mm. and have that that beautiful storytelling kind of edge to it um And it's like, it's also not like a curse as well. We talk about words mattering, like being, having weight. This is a a story and this is something that I think you really have to treat with care when it's not yours. Mm. And I think that's kind of what we're desiring when we start getting a little bit more of that exposure. It is hard because there's that fine line between, yay, I'm so glad other people realize how beautiful and amazing this is. Please be careful with it and or don't ruin it. Yeah. And or don't whitewash it. Since
0: we kind of jumped on this as our, our mini-sode topic slash bonus topic, <laughs> I wish I had watched the movie. And I think I, I will, just so that I can feel justified in my hatred for it.
1: Mm, <laughs> no you're so wise.
0: No, I might like it. Who knows? But I wish I had watched it so I could give like a a good review of it. And so I I'm curious if any of our unicorn listeners have have seen this yes, movie and what they if think you've of seen it. it.
1: Let us know because we are just hating out of ignorance. <laughs> yes. Anything else you want to say about La Yorona? Thank you so much for the years of terrifying not only myself but those around me mm-hmm. and uh, i just appreciate how many lives you probably save and tough break <laughs> <laughs> sucks. <laughs> it That's... sucks yeah it bumps, sorry that dear. happened to you yeah. but dear. i mean maybe
0: don't kill your children
1: yeah i mean kinda not worth it you could have also just left sidebar like no no shade <laughs> you could have just left but thank you and i appreciate it <laughs> Any final thoughts, Danny? <laughs> um
0: No. I'm looking at a description of the movie. So I'm a little distracted. <laughs> But it freaked me out a little bit because there's like a character whose name Patricia and her two children have gone missing, and I'm like, "That's my mom's name. She had two oh, children. No. Oh <laughs> shit.
1: Oh no. Am I communicating with the dead, Danny? Are you? Are you oh, not my a god. real
0: person? Oh my god. <laughs> I I may have been taken by La Llorona.
1: Sorry. Am I talking to the dead? <laughs> that is a brand new podcast. Demika and Ghost Danny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can't get rid of me that easy. <laughs> oh, then this would have higher ratings I believe if you were a ghost.
0: <gasps> Man, that would be a great podcast. I <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I
1: think I think we might have to write it. Let's not make it so. Like, please don't be a real ghost. But uh, next week, we'll have a more serious, less ghosty episode. And you should probably subscribe to that and listen to that as well. (laughs)
0: Probably. Mm. Um, And actually, next week is our one year anniversary episode.
1: We made it. Yes. Uh, I can't. That's crazy.
0: I know. It's so crazy. And we have something a little special planned and we hope Mm, you like it. I think they
1: will, Danny. I think they will.
0: In the meantime, follow us on all the things. You know the drill. Check our show notes if you don't. We're on social media. Shoot us an email. We love to hear from all the unicorns. Mm -hmm. So we'll be back next week with our full length anniversary episode. And in two weeks with an actual (laughs) mini-sode.
1: We just can't help ourselves.
0: We just can't help ourselves. All right. Peace. Out.